From the nation's capital to the Sunshine State. It's compelling. The high plains of Kansas and the northeast corner of the land of enchantment. It's Monday. The land of EWTN all across the Lone Star State. It's GRN Alive. Bringing you faith, fun, and facts. Live from the studios of the Guadalupe Radio Network. Join us on the show. Call 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to GRN Alive Monday. I'm Joe McLean, your host. It is so good to be with you today. How was your weekend? Was it good? Was it relaxing? Did you have a... A nice time at the house, or were you just stressed out watching the news all weekend? Because that'll that'll do you in, so don't do that, all right? But we've got a great show today. I say that every time. Every Monday, it's the same story, but I mean it this time. Today's show is going to be really, really good. We have a very special guest, someone that has been very outspoken, and he is, I'm sure, to, to uh, inspire some and upset the others, and it's going to be fine, I promise you. But we have Father James Altman on the program today, somebody that uh, had uh, an impact in my life, in my family's life, going back to uh, Passion Week, Good Friday, you know, at a time where church doors were locked and we were not uh, uh, allowed to have access to the Holy Sacraments, denied in the holiest of holy days in the Christian calendar, we were not allowed to go to church. And then this priest, this priest from the middle of seemingly nowhere, La Crosse, Wisconsin, I mean, is that even part of the United States, some would say? Way out there. He said what so many of us were feeling in our hearts, that this was not right. It was not right to deny the faithful access to the sacraments, access to God's grace, access to the life of the church through the Holy Sacrament. And something should be done about it. And it was it was a powerful shot in the dark. And for so many of us, it really uh, meant so much to hear a priest speak out so boldly. Well, then the rest of 2020 started to kick in, and we had more crazy, more contentious behavior, and cities were starting to burn and and riots, and and the pandemic was getting worse, and now we're into election season. Well, he had a video go viral, I don't know, two, 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 three weeks ago, maybe now, where he said some things that seemed very controversial to so many, and yet to others, it seemed like, wow, this is again something we've all wanted to hear uh, our pastors say boldly, and that is truth matters. It matters when you make a vote, who you vote for, why you vote, and you can't just vote because it's the same old thing you've always ever done, your parents have always ever done it, or just because you don't like the politics of the other person, but rather truth matters and it has an impact on lives. And we have to reconcile that with our faith and an informed conscience. And so we're going to talk to Father James Altman about that this morning, about his controversial video, and about truth and the separation of church and state. And I think it'll be a powerful conversation. I hope you'll join us for that. That's coming up here in this hour. We have the team back. Now, there's a special guest. I won't mention his name, but I have another special guest. My father sitting here for the first time in the studio. Praise be to Jesus. Uh, he's visiting. So my weekend was spent with my dad. So it was an incredible weekend. And he's hanging out with us for the show today. Patricia Camaro is here from HoustonCoalition.com. Tim Mott is here with the news. And Janelle is running the uh, the social stream again, giving David Magianis a break. So all he has to do is run the board now, praise God. So uh, hopefully the social stream on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter is working out well. If you want to join us there, just search for at GRN online on any one of those platforms. And I promise you will find us. But let's begin with prayer. 
and then we'll jump in. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come. Before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now the headlines with Tim Ott. Good morning. These are your GRN headlines for Monday, October 5th. The number of new COVID-19 cases in the United States has risen for two weeks in a row in 27 out of 50 states, with North Carolina and New Mexico both reporting increases above 50% last week, according to Reuters. President Donald Trump is being treated for COVID-19. He could be discharged from the hospital as soon as today, according to his doctors, although his condition remains unclear and outside experts warn that his case may be severe. Archbishop Jose Gomez of Los Angeles, president of the U.S. Bishops' Conference, said in a statement yesterday, quote, I am praying for President Trump and First Lady Melania Trump. May God grant them full healing and may he keep their family safe and healthy. Gomez continued, Let us keep praying for all who are suffering because of the novel coronavirus, especially the sick and dying and their families, and all those who have lost loved ones. May God give them hope and comfort, and may he bring an end to this pandemic. End quote. Father John Jenkins, president of the University of Notre Dame, has tested positive coronavirus as well, the university said in an email to students on October 2nd. Jenkins had been voluntarily self-quarantining since attending the same uh, September 26th Supreme Court nomination ceremony for Amy Coney Barrett that Trump was at. Amy Coney Barrett is a Notre Dame law professor. Jenkins said that his symptoms are mild and that he plans to continue to work from home. Pope Francis presented his vision for overcoming the world's growing divisions laid bare by the coronavirus in his new encyclical Fratelli Tutti, published yesterday. In the encyclical encyclical letter, the Pope urged people of goodwill to promote fraternity through dialogue, renewing society by putting love for others ahead of personal interest. He emphasized the primacy of love in both social and political contexts. Fratelli Tutti, the text opening phrase, means all brothers in Italian. The words are taken from the writings of St. Francis of Assisi, to whom the Pope paid tribute at the beginning of the encyclical, describing him as the saint of fraternal love. And finally, the American Medical Association on Thursday asked the Supreme Court to review an appeals court decision that upheld a ban on federal family planning funds for abortion providers. Last year, the Trump administration finalized the Protect Life rule, which bars Title X fund recipients from referring women for abortions, preventing participating groups from co-locating with abortion clinics, and requires financial separation of government-funded programs and those that carry out abortions. And those are your GRN headlines for Monday, October 5th. Blessed Bortololongo, pray for us. A story that I have told several times, both on the air and many of the talks that I give when I travel around the country. I told his story at our mission in Montana a few weeks ago. He's an incredible story, one that I think you should familiarize yourself with, Blessed Bortolo Longo. Born in 1841, February 11th in Italy. Uh, he had kind of a good life going. He uh upper middle class, sort of well-to-do family. He grew up with good education. He liked to fence, dance, played, you know, the Flute and uh, piano and other instruments. They like to um, play sports and just do, have that normal sort of life. But 
his life did change. He was a prodigy of sorts, so he was uh, very smart very early on, and he ended up going to university early. See, his father died when he was just a, a young boy, uh, 12, 13 years old, and that left a giant chasm in his life, right? So he goes off to university early, and as some would say, you know, not quite ready for what was about to happen. He fell under the sort of uh, the influence of a fallen away Catholic priest who turned to the occult and Satanism. He was a professor at the university. Young Bortolo was studying for the law. He wanted to become an attorney. But he was very given to the influence of this professor. Sound familiar? I think it happens in universities all over the world today to our young people. Well, he was taken to seances and he was introduced to the occult and to conjuring of demonic spirits. And he he was sucked into this world and this power and he gave himself completely to it to the point where he became a priest of the satanic order. And it was consuming him completely. Uh, at that level, according to the biographers, he would, he had a personal demon assigned to him. And most exorcists will tell you that uh, there are personal demons assigned to all of us in hopes of uh, convincing us, tempting us to, to forego the grace that God has given to us. Well, Bortolo communicated to this demon all the time. And the demon had a mission, and that was to get Bortolo to commit suicide. So he was driving. Bortolo, young Bortolo Longo, to the point of this despair, getting him to fast for many, many days on end, and just just riddling him with uh, with this this negative um, conversation that he was having with his demon all the time. And Bortolo sort of caught on to what was going on because as he communicated to his fellow uh, satanic seance leaders, I don't know what the official term is there, uh, they would sort of do shop talk and swap notes and he realized that his demon had been lying to him and it didn't check out as to what his friend and his friend's demons were saying. And he realized he was in grave Danger. He was at the point where he could easily murder himself when this is what the demon wanted. And he happened to come across another professor, an old friend. By this time, Bortolo had graduated college. He had to become an attorney. He was practicing law and, uh, and he was moving on with life. But so he went back and he visited this old college professor and this guy listened to him explain everything that happened in Bortolo's life that led him to this point. And then you know what he did? This professor got up and chewed young Bortolo out. He gave him the what for. You want to know why? Because how dare you abandon the faith? How dare you walk away from Christ? How dare you walk away from God's grace? How dare you do it? I mean, sometimes that's necessary, right? Sometimes we need to hear that. And this professor was able to give that to young Bortolo. The next thing he did was he took him to a Dominican priest friend of his. And they too, they sat, they talked, and they discussed some of the major issues that Bortolo was struggling with. And this priest was able to do two things that were powerful in his life. He was able to get him to go to confession, to confess all of his sins. And then he, after absolution, he was able to challenge Bortolo to pray the Holy Rosary. And uh, Bortolo said, oh, come on, that's superstition. We don't want that. And he said, well, then what do you have to lose? And he challenged him and he prayed it. And that rosary saved Bortolo's life. Because it reminded him of of the mysteries, it chewing, meditating and praying and chewing on the very life of Christ itself in this prayer, a powerful prayer that Our Lady gave to St. Dominic and told to uh, perpetuate throughout the world. 
Bartolo threw himself into this. The devil was still on his case and trying to convince him that he was lost, that the, that he had betrayed God and God could never love him again. But it was through the powerful prayers of the rosary that he was reminded that God loves you and there is nothing that can separate you from the love of God. Nothing, as St. Paul would say. And Bortolo spent the rest of his life perpetuating devotion to the rosary. So much so that he was able to revitalize the Valley of Pompeii. Did you know that since the eruption of the volcano, Vesuvius in Pompeii had been destroyed? It had never been revitalized. So that was what, uh, you know, 70 AD or something like that? All the way to now we're talking uh, the turn of the century, 1900. So at this point in Bortolo's life, he had a mission. He didn't become a very successful attorney. He became a very successful missionary, revitalizing the Valley of Pompeii, educating and helping people come closer to Christ and to the Catholic faith through the powerful means of the rosary. And uh, this actually had many, uh, many lasting effects. One of those effects is if you fast forward to the mid-1940s in Italy. Now, Bortolongo dies of pneumonia in 1925. Um, and, and he died a very humble man, not, not very successful in life. He died humble and he died obedient to the mission God gave him. But in the mid-1940s, there was a man by the name of Bruno Cornicolia. Now, Bruno had another huge father wound. He had been rejected by his dad and his mom. He went and lived, lived on the streets, became a communist. And he wanted to uh, execute Pope Pius XII. He felt called to murder the Pope in St. Peter's Square. And he had a plan. He had a knife. He etched it on the blade. He was going to go kill this, this, uh, this Pope. Well, one day he was preparing uh, in at Tre Fontane, which is just outside of Rome. It's the place where uh, St. Paul had his head lobbed off in the mid-60s AD, and it bounced three times. That's why they call it Tre Fontane. And uh, there's a cave there in a wooded area, and the this incredible moment happened in this cave where Our Lady of Revelation appeared to Portolo, or rather Bruno Cornicolia, and his children. And for an hour plus, she spoke to Bruno, and she converted him on the spot. Now, at the end of that conversation, he asked her, uh, why me? And she said to him, because every time you beat your wife, every time you struck her, she prayed for you, for your conversion. Because she had a, a, a devotion to Our Lady of Pompeii, which was the devotion that Bartolo Longo spread throughout the Valley of, of Pompeii and spread to Rome and beyond. Bruno spent the rest of his life perpetuating the devotion to the Holy Rosary and for greater faith to the Catholic Church and to Christ himself. The power of these saints is incredible, and you should know who your saints are in your great family of the Christian Brotherhood and Sisterhood. And with that, I turn it over to Teresa Kamara, HoustonCoalition.com. Good morning. Good morning, Joe. How was your weekend? It was fabulous. I got a chance to go out and pray with some people in Life Chain, and so that was very encouraging and actually kind of funny story with that. So <laughs> I always, as a, even as a child growing up and praying out, out there on the street, um, I would, it was a big deal to pick out the shirt that I was going to wear, what's going to be this public witness, and um, I felt like I was leading me to wear a shirt with Mary on it. And I was like, well, that's not really a pro-life shirt. And and I, this thought came to me. I was like, 
what could be more pro-life than the mother of God? And it was like, okay, 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 I want to wear it. So I show up, and I'm the only Catholic there. Really? <laughs> and they were like, let's take this picture. I was like, with my Mary shirt, right? And they were like, yeah, yeah, come on, come on. So I'm praying my rosary out there with a whole bunch of non-Catholics. But um, there is life chain both, like, at multiple places throughout the uh, throughout the nation, actually, both last weekend and also on November the first. So yeah. praise Jesus. It praise was Jesus. it was great to be able to witness where we can. And also, um, you didn't mention today is also the feast of Saint Faustina. And oh. I love Saint is she, Faustina. Is she a saint? I, for, I forget. <laughs> Not teasing, of course, Divine Mercy. Yes. Yeah, yeah, you know, I I have an affinity for Bortolonga. So I went through the whole calendar today and there was a couple like really obscure ones. I thought, oh, those would be good. I like telling the obscure ones, but I find it strange that most people still have never heard of Bortolo Longo. So, well, and he is a powerful saint, and he's a great um, saint to give us a lot of hope whenever we're like, oh my gosh, how you know far what else I didn't mention away, and can we come back? And it is important to know. Yes, it is important to come back, and and he has a he does have a powerful story, but so does Saint Faustina. I, you're right. There's no question. Uh, very powerful, I would argue. Uh, but I also failed to mention that this week marks the anniversary of the Battle of Lepanto. Yes. October 7th, 1571, Don Juan of Austria on the Andrea Doria uh, with Our Lady of Guadalupe, which at 1535 she appears, right? So mm-hmm. 71, not that far, and there was an ex- uh, exact replica that had been touched, the real Tilma, sent to uh, the Holy League just for this occasion so that they could use it as their banner when they attacked the Ottoman fleet, the Muslim fleet there in the, ba- in the Bay of Lepanto, 1571, October 7th, and routed them, utterly routed this massive, more superior uh, fleet uh, from uh, Selim II, who started the whole thing because he liked the wine on Cyprus. He was a drunk, and he liked the wine on Cyprus. And he had a, he had this he had this treaty that he had signed with Venetia, the Venetian uh, uh, kingdom. And he's like, "Well, what do I do? Well, I'm you know I, I have an obligation to reconquer lands that used to be ruled by Muslims, and Cyprus was one of them. So he attacked Cyprus, and he uh, slaughtered the people and took slaves mm-hmm. from the women and children. And uh, it was a Venetian knight." Bra- uh, uh, Bragadino was his name. He he held up uh, the fight for like several months and finally had the cave because they had no food, nothing to fight with. And then uh, you know what they did to him? Mustafa, the general, had him skinned alive and used mm. as a windsock on the sail of the mast of the of the Muslim fleet. So Don Juan of Austria, twenty some year old, uh, uh, you know. Uh, quote bastard son of, of the uh, Holy Roman Emperor uh, basically took charge of the uh, the Holy League fleet and routed they 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 shouted Bragadino and they shouted Famagusta Famagusta as they rammed into the uh, Muslim fleet and and just you know it was an incredible battle I, I should have talked about that yeah well, remind me next next year to do that <laughs> I'll have to put it on my calendar yeah you'll just want to do uh, Bartolo Longo again <laughs> yeah well I hope I, hope I do both again <laughs> but but yeah it's it's amazing how um, Our Lady can be a guide in so many different ways and how um, the message though is at the end is always follow do whatever he tells you do whatever Christ tells yeah. you to do, and and sometimes that that leads to um, great suffering um, in the sense of following Christ in the way that He's calling us to suffer with Him Amen. alongside Him is in, on His cross, and so um, yeah. it's and sometimes it's it's literally to 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 be with Him as He 
as other people suffer too. So, Amen. so yeah, it's it's God calls us each in in a different way. And it's funny because I was just thinking about I had this flashback to a friend of mine who was talking about how her mom was doing archery with her sons, and she said, "My mom, my mom is a good boy mom." And I thought <laughs> Mary knows exactly what all of her children need. She's a good mom to each one of us, and so it's important to always it's reach funny. out to her and and put ourselves in her care. Um, let me just uh, remind our audience that this week is the uh, Big Fishers and Men dinner out in uh, Birmingham, Alabama. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, uh, Alabama played uh, Texas A&M, I guess, this other day. So uh, I'm supposed to say Roll Tide. What? <laughs> Someone sent me a note saying I'm, I'm required to say Roll Tide. Apparently, wow. they routed the Aggies. So mm. gig them. So this Thursday night, I'll be in Birmingham, Alabama. Damon Owens is the keynote speaker, so we're going to have a great event. We're, we're expecting a full crowd, so I'm looking forward to that event. I'll be there. So if you're anywhere near the area, you know, you could stop by. That'd be fun to see you and uh, shake hands. But that's coming up this Thursday, so pray for that. And then uh, also coming up in the Guadalupe Radio Network, we have the Fishers of Men event in West Texas, which is also sold out. Praise God. And then Houston. I know Tim is working on the Houston dinner, and we're expecting a great result there as well. So uh, lots of opportunity to stay plugged in and get plugged in all across the Guadalupe Radio Network. They also had their first uh Catholic prayer breakfast out in West Texas, which looked awesome according to the pictures. So very excited about that. That's coming up uh, again this Thursday, uh, WMMA's Fishers of Men dinner in Birmingham, Alabama. And I'm looking forward to being there. Did you guys hear um, that there was a 50,000 person prayer rally in Washington over the weekend? I did not hear about that, which I was shocked because that's usually something I, I get the news on right away. So, so fill me Franklin in. Graham was a part of it. Uh, there was a guy by the name of Jonathan Kahn, a messianic, pa- uh, uh, um, messianic, what's this title? Messianic Jewish rabbi and pastor and author. I guess. Wow. So he's got a lot of titles. But uh, he actually was quoting George Washington in his address to the people. He said, quote, uh, propitious smiles of heaven can never be expected on a nation that disregards the eternal rules of order and right, which mm-hmm. heaven itself has ordained, unquote. Absolutely. Amen. How do we expect to be great unless we are holy? Well, the reality is truth is what's going to set us free. We, we get told that multiple times in the scriptures, and we can just see that practically. And what's interesting, I, I kept thinking back to the Fatima movie um, about how the little boy could not see Our Lady. Like he, he could, I mean, he could see her, but he couldn't hear her. And like it was fascinating how, you know, if we have. The more distance we put between ourselves and Christ, the more we have a lack of clarity and vision. And mm-hmm. so I think that's something that we should never take for granted as Catholics. If, as you have a grasp of the sacramental life, you you want to take advantage of the wisdom and the guidance that the Holy Spirit yeah. is going to give you through that grace. So, yeah, yeah our, our Lord is not going to be happy with a nation that is still slaughtering its children. and Which is, is why truth matters. Allowing right? for like, slave, sex slavery to continue. And, you know, it was yeah, one oh, of those things. Of which. It was one of the, yeah, real quick. It was one of those things that I, I really had been shocked and watching how much of this COVID stuff has been analyzed and overanalyzed and shut down and pulled off. And I was like, oh, my gosh, they have more control than I thought they did, which means they have more control to handle these terrible, horrible, sinful behaviors than I thought they had. Because I had kind of chalked it up to, oh, well, we have no control over it. You know, we just got to pray about it and work on ourselves individually. And that is true. We do need to work on ourselves individually. But, like, the power of social media in society just really took a whole new role 
in my <laughs> yeah. and my understanding and watching yeah. all of this COVID for sure. stuff. For okay. sure. But you were saying. Okay. So, you know, I was telling you, uh, don't tell anybody about this, but I'm still <gasps> trying to get Eduardo Verastegui on. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, so, so far, Secrets it's not here. working out. Okay. But <laughs> I'm still trying because he's got that movie coming out, uh-huh. The Sound of Freedom, which is talking about the sex slave trade. Yes. And, uh, well, and helping to stop it. I know. And it, we have to talk about this. I want to see more people talk about this. So I really want to highlight this. But there was a report that came out. Mm-hmm. The Middle East Forum reported that uh, in a new 15-page report about the this uh, whole pan- epidemic of child trafficking going on in Egypt with Christian girls. The Muslims mm-hmm. are hunting down Coptic Christian girls and kidnapping them and forcing them to marry and then putting them into slave trade. Apparently, mm-hmm. there's a lot of money being exchanged in hands from officials, police officers, you know, there's, there's a lot of people involved. And it's, it's, it's perverted and gross and it, it's a travesty that needs to be stopped. 500 cases in the last decade, uh, where coercion, where it was used in the amount and money was used to pay off officials and all kinds of people in the abducting of girls in Egypt. Well, and I, I really appreciated the interview that I saw with Tim Bullard as far as addressing the Underground Railroad and just Operation Underground Railroad and, and how their work um, was helping to save these children and how they're working independently from the government but alongside the government agency so it cuts the red tape and I think in a lot of cases that's what ends up happening people are waiting on the government or they're waiting on their diocese even and it's like you know what if you work separately just by a little bit you can cut some red tape and not have to worry about some of the politics that you have to work around that are and and I think that's one of the things um, even as far as that we're going to see with the hierarchy issues um, that we're probably going to address a little bit later is that you there are the buck stops here situations that are within the church that are not outside the church in the yeah. same way. And so whenever we're saying, hey, who's going to be held accountable or who do we talk to, you know, well, who's in charge of Father Martin? You know, who's yeah. in charge of Father Martin's? So that that's really important to to keep in mind as we're addressing this issue it's not just one big grandiose swipe one person's in charge you know one you know and even with the pope we're we're needing to pray a lot for him because there are people that are influencing him he has people appointed in authority that are that are advising him and that he's given authority to to make decisions yeah. and so just about 5 minutes from now we're going to go to a break and we're going to be talking with Father James Altman on the other side of that break about uh, the separation between church and state about the need to speak boldly about about uh, church teaching, about informing our conscience and then voting that conscience and what that means and, the, and sort of the consequences of speaking boldly. Father James has had some viral videos go out and uh, he's got a lot of detractors and he's got a lot of fans and we want to hear from him uh, personally about this and so he'll be on the show with us in just a little bit. But let me just tell you a fun story. I watched two movies over the weekend. Mm-hmm. I snuck them in. I like watching movies. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so the first one was 42. Chadwick Boseman. Okay. About Jackie Robinson. Have you seen it? Nope. You know me and movies. Am I, I the didn't only see, one you know, the only, who watches films I, I didn't even watch ever? Divided Hearts of America film, which just got released mid-September. I, no I still haven't. Done. I know. Well, exactly. There's other movies that are happening, okay. too. You have homework. <laughs> you, need to, you should go watch. Along with 30 other secular movies that I have no interest in. You should go watch 42. It's a great okay, film 42. about Jackie Robinson, the first African-American baseball player who played for the Brook. At the time, it was Brooklyn Dodgers. Uh, now, I think it's 
L.A. Dodgers, uh, and nobody remembers them either, but that's okay. Uh, you know, it was an incredible movie. It was a great movie. Uh, you know, it dealt very, um, very well, I think, with the difficult topic of racism mm-hmm. in the country in the mid-40s. Um, and uh, it was powerful. Highly recommend it. Uh, I didn't even have to watch it on filters. It was really good. I, I might watch it just because you're recommending oh, it. Oh, yeah, for but sure. But you know what I probably will watch is is Pray the Movie, which is coming out on October 9th, I know. which they covered in the Friday I show. Seen, I haven't seen that yet either. But for Father So Payton. here's another film I snuck in yesterday with my kids. My my One of my sons, Daniel Jude, he uh, has been hankering for a Western. And uh, there's okay. not a lot of Westerns I, I can show the boy. Now, we use VidAngel to filter movies. Okay. And uh, it's a great service. That's We, we love amazing. it. Not every movie is available to watch through that service, unfortunately. So we're kind of limited. But I was told through Gabriel Castillo, a good friend of mine, uh, that Back to the Future 3 mm-hmm. was very family friendly. Okay. But there's still some language in it. So mm-hmm. we used, we were able to filter that and watch that last night. And it, my, my kids had never experienced Back to the Future. So they had no idea about the storylines. Right. So we had that's to like, fun. we, we had to explain the whole story. It was hilarious to watch them try to wrap their minds around time travel. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have to I mean, back to the future. It was so entertaining <laughs> to sit there and watch their minds twist on them to go, wait, what, what? Hold on. Are we in 1955? Are we in 1985? Are we in 1885? Because the, the third version of the film is when they go back to the Old West. And, uh, Marty. Can I come clean up 2020? Marty's character, <laughs> uh, pretends to be Clint Eastwood. <laughs> You know, so it's hilarious. Uh, but with filters, it's actually very good. So, you know, if you're looking for family-friendly content, uh, VidAngel may be a great resource for your family. Uh, and I don't get paid for them. We are not sponsored by them. I just recommend them because it's a great way to take some content that has some issues and then filter it out, at least what's available. Not everything is available, but, you know, whatever is there, you can uh, you can use to help filter out language, violence, uh, you know, promiscuity or whatever, and, uh, and get to just sort of the storyline. It's great. And we loved it. So uh, it was fun. Back to the Future 3. Have you seen Back to the Future 3, obviously? I'm not that what? particular one. No, I really, I don't watch a whole ton of TV. Is it, what, I need a list of all the movies you've my, ever my seen. My roommate is, is oh yeah, <laughs> it'll be a very short list. Just so I can at least <laughs> short list. talk about the films. So I can at least talk about the films. No, that, I spend uh, a lot of seen. my time reading things like Live Action News's report on women's public health and safety acts, <laughs> Senate Bill four six five eight. But I do occasionally watch um, a movie <laughs> here or there with friends. So, so yeah. Okay. Most of the time we're we're involved with pro life stuff though. We are going to go to a break, and when we come back. We're going to have Father Altman on the line with us. So don't go anywhere. Stay right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Just don't forget that again this Thursday night is the Big Fishers of Men Dinner in Birmingham, Alabama. I'm going to be there. The uh, Homewood Rosewood Ballroom is the place we're going to be, and I'm looking forward to that, being back there again. And Damon Owens is going to give a great keynote speech, and I think uh, we've also, we're giving out the award to Jim and Joy Pento, pro-life mm-hmm. heroes in mm-hmm. the Birmingham area, so we're looking forward to that as well. So all that's coming up within the Guadalupe Radio Network this week, and uh, Coming up next week, I'm still trying to get Eduardo on. I'm praying that that happens. If it doesn't, what we may do is invite Alex Trevino from Mission 180 to talk about films. He's a movie guy. Yes, he is. At least I have someone to talk to. Yes, he is. (laughs) We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to GRN Alive. Now is a great time to call. 877-757-9424. 
a time for courage. Can you hear me okay, Dave? Yes, I can. Thanks, Carlos. You're, you're loud and clear. Hey, just quick comment. My comment is very simple, but times like this that our church is going through such tribulation is why we need platforms like Catholic Radio. We have to have Catholic Radio. And I love your station. We have to support it because it's what ties all Catholics together. Praise Jesus, Carlos. I couldn't agree with you more. The Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Pray. The story of Patrick Payton is coming to theaters nationwide today. The film tells the inspiring true story of a poor Irish immigrant who set sail for America in 1928 with dreams of becoming a millionaire, but with the help of the most iconic celebrities of Hollywood, ends up spending his life championing the message, the family that prays together stays together. The miraculous true story of venerable Patrick Payton, his heroic life of perseverance and prayer in theaters nationwide today. For more information, praythefilm.com. Hey, Donnie, in what gospel do we find the Hail Mary prayer? The gospel of Luke. Do we worship Mary? No. What do we do? Ask her to pray for us. As parents, we're the primary educators of our Catholic faith to our children. And if you don't know your Catholic faith as well as you should, that's okay. Just tune in daily to the Guadalupe Radio Network by logging online to grnonline.com. The Guadalupe Radio Network. Listen, learn, love, and pass it on. You've heard it said, don't put off tomorrow what you can do today. So instead of letting your unused vehicle sit idle one more day, why not donate it to the Guadalupe Radio Network? Just call 1-866-628-2277 or come by grnonline.com and click on Donate Now. That's 1-866-628-2277 or come by grnonline.com and click Donate Now. Later model cars or trucks are greatly appreciated. Seize the day by calling 1-866-2277. Be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to GRN Alive uh, Monday edition. I'm Joe McClain. I get to host the Monday version, and Dave Palmer hosts the Friday version. And uh, I'm very excited about our guest today. I'll tell you why. Uh, back in uh, 2000, what was it, eight, eight, 18? What year are we in? 2020? Uh, it's Last been, we checked. Feels like forever ago in 2018. I was on this uh, documentary filming journey where I was uh, producing my film, Living His, uh, the Other Side of Fear. And. Um, Part of that journey meant I was going to La Crosse, Wisconsin, and I w- and I actually spoke at the men's conference up there. And part of uh, part of my speech in that film made it into my my film. And uh, and La Crosse is a very beautiful part of America, and there is a gorgeous uh, a shrine there to Our Lady Guadalupe that is just amazing. And I tried to film there, and then like you know the guards came rappelling out of trees to tackle me. You know, because I had a camera more than my phone, and they were like, you cannot film here. And I'm like, that's too bad, because this is so glorious. The world must see this. It's so beautiful. Um, but I was very blessed to spend time in La Crosse with the incredible men there. And I want to say, Father Altman was pretty new to that part of the woods uh, in those days. And with that, I want to invite Father James Altman from La Crosse, Wisconsin, a, a, an obscure part of the world. And uh, good morning, Father. It's good to have you on. Good morning. Praise be to Jesus. When did you, when you, I know you're not from La Crosse originally. When did you get there? Uh, July 1st, 2017. So you were pretty new when I was, uh, when I was there too. Had you been, were you at that conference, by the way? The, uh, no, well, actually, at the end of the conference, I think everybody processed with the Eucharist down to my parish. Oh, yes. Bishop celebrated the Master. That, that's wow. my parish. That's your parish? 
Oh, that is awesome. I remember. That is beautiful. How cool is that? I didn't even know that that was your parent. I didn't. Small world. I didn't connect those dots. That's incredible. Wow. Well, God is very good, now Father. I'm jealous. <laughs> uh, it's, it's good to have you on today. And, uh, Thank you know, you. good to be here. I think in some ways you and I have had somewhat of a similar journey in that, uh, you know, we went, we've, we've kind of learned a lot in the last few years. And we've yes. kind of had to come to some realizations in the last few years that have affected what we do professionally, what I do on the radio and what you do as a Catholic priest. And I think that's part of what intrigued me to want to invite you to be on our program today. Um, of course, uh, just for context in the audience, you've had some vi- very viral videos that have uh, really sparked up some interest, some love and some hate, right? Some love and some hate. Yes. That's exactly right. We call that yeah. the human Lots of love. existence. I'll tell you what, I know there was the first couple of days, there was a lot. Of hate, but the but the love uh, is far far greater than the hate ever could dream of being. I'm hoping that with before we sign off the radio and we just yeah. stay on the after show for the live video stream. I'm hoping before sure. we get there, there's a couple of topics I want to touch base on at least in our conversation. Yeah, sure. At the beginning of this show, I shared how you actually played a role in my life and my family's life when we were uh, you know approaching Easter, the highest holy day of the Christian calendar. And exactly. the doors are locked. Mm-hmm. And, yes. and we were, I mean, I think Good Friday was my lowest point for 2020, personally. Easter it, was mine. It was just rough. Mm-hmm. And uh, knowing that the, we couldn't go to Mass was really hard. And then, all of a sudden, there's this obscure priest from this obscure part of the world <laughs> who says the things that we all were thinking and feeling. And uh, that was the first, you know, nugget, I think, uh, uh, of Father Altman that I experienced. And then, of course, more recently with your video about uh, how Catholics can't vote for the Democrats because of these grave, uh, non-negotiable evils that seem to be a part of their platform. So both uh, all of this has gone viral. Many other homilies have done really well as well. But having said that, I'd like you to start with that first nugget of... What was it like for you as a Catholic priest to be in the midst of, what do you mean you're locking doors? What do you mean you're not uh, giving access to the faithful to, to the sacraments? What was that like for you, Father Ullman? Well, and I think I can speak for most priests because I've certainly heard from many of them uh, the lamentation. Just as the people suffered because they weren't allowed to come into their parish, parish homes and receive the sacraments, especially the source and summit of all grace, the Holy Eucharist. Priests as well, myself included, were, were agonizing over the fact that we couldn't be with our people. You know, we're ordained. The charism of a parish priest is to be with his parish family. And that's our family. That's the family we have. That's the family we are supposed to love as if they were our own children, no matter what age they are. And to, as bad as it was for people not being able to come in, when I'd go out and celebrate the Holy Sacrifice, I mean, I, I praised Bishop Callahan 27 times for one reason and one reason only because he let us stay open, although he, he submitted to the state government's decision, arbitrary decision, to have uh, only nine people in there, and I'm one of the nine. Hmm. So, uh, so what we did is we had people in cars outside watching on live stream. And that's, how, that's how that whole thing started. And the only reason it started was because we were trying to get the holy sacrifice to the people, and then afterwards we could let in eight at a time to receive the Holy Eucharist. Oh, good. Uh, so the, the first day when the restriction on number was was lifted, uh, then uh, it was so great for me to walk out and see my family again. Amen. I, it was, I can't, it's, it is so diabolical 
what so many of the shepherds of this church have done. I mean, the Protestant pastors would go to court to, to get rid of this. Well, you could have a get rid of this restriction when a thousand people can be in Walmart at a time driving out smaller businesses and suddenly their profits go through the roof. Calvary Chapel and, sued the state of Nevada all the way to the Supreme Court to fight for their rights. Yeah. And unfortunately, I think the Supreme Court didn't rule in the favor of that. They, they didn't. So no. many people in the casinos, but only 50. In the, but yeah, I think that's about to change. Hallelujah. Praise God. Uh, the uh, it's, it's, it's a unconscionable that there were a couple of shepherds who spoke up and spoke out and said, mm. this is not right. But but the, all we heard was crickets. And if they don't like the the, uh, the criticism, too bad. What they did to us, what they did to the people. I've, I've got 600 letters at least right now on my dining room table that, that are thanking me for having uh, been able to live stream for thanking me for speaking the truth mm. uh, yeah I, 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 do you think anybody anybody sent a letter to the bishop and said thank you for locking us out of the church right. that didn't happen right. <laughs> so so now you know how i feel and I, i'm only i would only be getting started <laughs> here so I, 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 but, you know yeah, they don't, don't like the back. truth tough we're not the ones that locked the church they did and you the know, people have had it that i had bishop strickland on several times actually uh this oh, year he's a good guy he's a fantastic he's one of the shepherd good ones. Yeah, for sure. And yet he still walks a very fine line. And, uh, you know, the, the, the fine line between prudential judgment and, uh, and caution, let's just say being pragmatic and also realizing that you are a steward of the supernatural. Right. Right. You know, right. the supernatural. So to yeah. to to treat the supernatural so uh, so pragmatically, it, it, to me, it's like it, my head goes into a twist. I don't understand, you know, either the words of our Lord are, are what they are or they are not. It just seems crazy exactly. to me. Exactly. You know, you know, St. Charles Borromeo. Oh, yeah. He climbed atop a pile of corpses that had died from the Black Plague. Now, there is something that was contagious and virulent mm. and truly deadly. And he's out there giving last rites and, and viaticum to people dying of the plague. And, and there was one, they, they, oh, they didn't know what to do with them back then, so they piled them in and burned them. They knew that was one way to at least sort of stop the spread. But there was a, well, the person on top hadn't died yet. So there's Charles Borromeo, St. Charles Borromeo, climbing atop the pile of corpses to anoint and give viaticum to a person dying from the plague. Yeah. That's our vocation. Yeah. We go out to the sick and we, oh, the, the, you know, St. Damon of Malachi, we, we, we invoke his intercession every Mass. He, too, went and went amongst the people that were dying of, uh, you know, the dread of, of leprosy. leprosy. Yeah. You know, so, I think I do think St. Charles Borromeo is a good example to mm -hmm. use just because, you know, he acted pragmatically and prudentially. He yeah. stopped saying mass inside his cathedral. Instead, he right. had mass said in the in the square so that right. folks could sit out their windows and participate at holy mass and then he exactly. ensured that they could still receive uh the sacraments. He yeah. uh, he had his priests go visit the sick as you've communicated. He himself yeah. did it. So, uh even in the most difficult times of the black Black plague. There is still a way to do it, and I've always said. I said this to Bishop Strickland: where there's a will, there's a way. You exactly. know, I, I served in the U.S. Marine Corps. I, I, there's a lot I didn't. I'm Thank you for your service. Well, there's a lot. There's a lot I didn't uh, didn't hold on to from the Marine Corps, such as sit-ups and running. However, <laughs> however, uh, where there's a will, there's a way. Stuck with me, and uh, yeah. you know, and, and this is why the Lord invented you know guerrilla tape because there's always a way to get it done. <laughs> exactly. And 
and you just yeah, 409. <laughs> I just felt like with uh, with our shepherds during this time that needle went far to the pragmatic side and not enough to where there's a will there's a wayside and uh, so anyway so that was that was a big part for me and the, the difficulty I was having back in April and May and and through okay. that but let's fast forward a little bit and uh, okay. get into some of the other crazy stuff so then we okay. had riots break out of course okay. uh, the cases uh, George Floyd's case hit and then yeah. the recently it was Breonna Taylor's case has come down okay. and so we're seeing riots everywhere um, you know Black Lives Matter Antifa all of that and you've spoken out quite a bit on that stuff as well yes well the thing is uh, if the only way society heals is with the grace of God to remove God which is what they've now effectively done by the restrictions that they placed on our church uh, all churches mm. uh, it's, it is no wonder to me that we're seeing the it's, it's like an atom bomb. Uh, you need a critical mass to build up, and then all of a sudden a catalyst, and then it goes boom, and there's no stopping it, right? The mushroom cloud comes. Well, look what they've done with this ridiculous lockdown. And as I said, you know, here's, here's something to think about. If the government genuinely believed that it was as contagious as it was and it was as deadly as it was, mm. there is no way on God's green earth that they're going to let 1,000 people into Walmart, uh, 500 people into uh, <laughs> Home Depot or Menards. Yeah. It, they're not going to do it. So, so that the, the unjust, unequal treatment, according to the Constitution even, for treating businesses, which ju- are there just simply to make money, versus our First Amendment right, yeah. is it, and nobody fought it. Well, few, just a precious few fought it. So I don't believe for a second the government lies about how deadly it is. You, you know that. You know who Rod Serling is, right? Twilight sure. Zone. Yeah. Have you seen that meme where he goes, imagine a, a virus that is so deadly, so lethal, that you have to be tested to even know you have it. So I, <laughs> how ridiculous is this? <laughs> so yeah. now what's happened, yeah. to, to address your question specifically, is that all these people, with listen, there would be nobody rioting if they had to get up at you know 6 in the morning to go to work. In order to get a hand, you know, you know, to to put food on their table for themselves and for their children, mm. you know, but that's not what's happened. They they kept everybody at home. They built up this critical mass of pent up frustration, and then all of a sudden, it takes one incident, justifiably or not, yeah. suddenly there's there's chaos and mayhem in the streets. They're, they yeah. they this, I don't believe for a second that you know uh, James Forrestal used to be the Secretary of Defense under I think it was uh, it, well, it was under Truman. It, it was either Defense or Navy. He had this quote. He goes. It's, it goes like this. It, um, consistency is never the mark of stupidity. Hmm. Because even stupid people make mistakes in your favor every now and then. <laughs> consistency <laughs> is the mark of intentionality. Yeah. You can't tell me for a second. I'm no conspiracist. But there is something behind all this. This lockdown and the, the, the creating further dependence yeah. on the socialist government. Which, as you know, that many people in power are just advocating now they're now they're out in the open about it so we're talking with father james altman and uh we're, we have about uh, 10 minutes left in the radio side of our program <laughs> i probably ranted on too long about no that's things. okay ahead, we're going to stay on the live video stream until nine thirty, called the after show so when we go off the radio if you want to hang out with us and be a part of the program hear more make sure you get on facebook youtube or twitter just search for us at g r n online you'll find us we'll stay live till nine thirty. let's transition a little bit to the 
the more political stuff. You had uh, you had a video that went viral a few weeks back, and uh, where you said some pretty crazy things, Father. You said that voting. Uh, you meant to say some very Catholic things. Well, we're we're going I'm gonna let you say that. So you said, <laughs> but I want to I want to set this question up in this way. Yeah. You said a Catholic can't vote for a Democrat and not commit a sin or something to that effect. I'm paraphrasing you. I'm going to let you explain it and say it better. However, I want to set this question up to this. I remember back uh, before my mystical, mystical encounter with Jesus in 2002, I was a practical, you know, an atheist or, if you will, uh, more like a hedonist. And so, you know, whatever, whatever, however the wind blew was fine with me. However made, made me feel good was okay by me. And all roads led to heaven anyway. Everything is fine. It not, nobody ever really goes to hell. That was kind of my philosophy in life. Right. And right. I remember someone telling me that there's, there's absolute truth. I remember someone saying to me that, that there's a right and there's a wrong. There's what they call natural law. And I thought, right. that's crazy town. I thought what's true for you is true for you, but what's true for me is true for me. And you yeah, know, it doesn't matter absolutely. if they're not, if these things are polar opposites. I just remember the sticker shock, the, the shock of listening to someone say that there is an absolute truth. Yeah. I want to say that I'm sure, Father, there are many people who heard you say what you said uh, in that video about Democrats and probably felt the same way. They were in utter shock over something that statement is just so foreign to them. Right. And so from that perspective, how do you explain that? Like, how, what, what would you say to somebody that's coming to it from that perspective? You know, the schools have intentionally been uh, made into centers of all about feeling and not about truth. Because there is absolute truth. And, and it's so simple. If you just explain to people, so simple. Listen, it's called the PNC, the principle of non-contradiction. So 2 plus 2 is 4. In, at all times and all places. 2 plus 2 is 4 back in Jesus' day. 2 plus 2 is 4 in our day. 2 plus 2 is 4 is going to be the same in 2,000 years from now. So it doesn't change. That's true. If you put 5 on your ant math test in second grade, you're going to get it marked wrong because true is true, and anything contrary to it is false. So um, if chopping up, ripping apart, and they can feel it, 10,000 babies every Saturday in the womb. If that is, if it is true that that is the consummate evil that, that, that is in the world today, it's asking 10,000 babies if they think it's slightly evil. You know, Cardinal Lorenzo, one of our greats, he said, you don't even, he, somebody asked him this question. He said, you don't, you don't need a cardinal of the Catholic Church to answer this basic question. You just ask a third grader. Should a, should a person who advocates that you can kill 10,000 babies every Saturday be allowed to receive Holy Communion? Yeah. And, of course, the answer is no. So that's true. If, if life itself is of so little value, then, then you're, you're simply not Catholic and you're not even Christian. I could have just said you're, you're not Catholic and vote for a Democrat because it's equally as true. You're a fake. You're a pretender. Uh, but people haven't been taught to think logically like A to B to C to D to E and suddenly syllogisms. You know, if A, then B. They haven't been taught this. And so, the, well, what makes you feel good? What what kind of feeling does it give you? It's, it's all this feeling nonsense. Mm. Because then that, that's pure relativism. Because you see, if, if, if it's all relative, then I can say, well, I actually believe, oh gosh, don't take a sound bite of this and say, look what he believes. <laughs> I could say, I believe Hitler 
exterminating certain parts of the population was a good thing. That's true for me. I don't care if it's true for you or not. How stupid is that? I think it's okay yeah. for, I can say, I think it's okay for Stalin to starve 7 million Ukrainians to death in 32, 33, the winter. Mm-hmm. That's true for me. It was certainly true for Stalin. Sure. But you know what? There's a little falseness going on there. Yeah. So, so if, if you, if you just understand the basic principles, which everybody knows, they just haven't thought it through because they haven't been taught to think it through. Two yeah. plus two is four, not five, six, or seven, or whatever you want it to be. Like I made the joke when I was teaching in, in the as a chaplain in the high school. Well, if two plus two is four, I'm going to walk into the Ferrari dealer and I'm going to hand him four dollars <laughs> and say, "This is really worth two hundred thousand. Yeah. That's true for me. Isn't I want that Ferrari." <laughs> well, I identify as a seven foot uh, tall, a very wealthy, successful basketball player. Uh, but so far, <laughs> yeah, they've not go. let me into the back uh, back area of the of the. Uh, of the uh, Rockets, Houston Rockets down there. But uh, maybe sure, someday, maybe yeah. someday. Uh, we just have a few mo- more minutes left in our program, okay. about five minutes left in our program on the radio. Then we okay. stay on for the after show. Teresa Kamar, you had a question. I was just thinking a lot of the people that I know who are very pro-Democrat um, at this point, the big issue has been the poverty issue. And I know um, one of the concerns that I raise with them is that some people will try to use abortion to eliminate poverty. But what their concern is, is, is more on an economic level and yeah. I just wanted it to I wanted to know if you could address that on any level, because their their fear is like, OK, once the baby's born, how do we take care of it? And I have answers for that in Houston, but I want to hear your your answer. Sure. So uh, it's often put out there like I think it's called like a red herring. Mm-hmm. Here's the deal. Obama takes office in 2008. The national debt stands at about nine trillion. We're already spending about four and a half trillion dollars a year in taxation. Right. He more in, in in his eight years, he more than doubles it to over nine. I think it's like nineteen twenty million. And guess what? Despite all the government handouts, d- doubling our national debt, we had greater poverty. If nine trillion to ten trillion dollars in more government spending does not eliminate poverty, then it isn't a it is not a question about money. And that's what the Democrats are all saying. So they're just buying votes. That's all this comes down to. Let me see. So here's here's how you answer it. It's that old lesson that we know, simple adage about if you give a man a fish, he'll eat for a day. If you teach him how to fish, he'll eat for a lifetime. What the Democrats are doing is they're trying to bribe people with these, these, with these dollars, these government debt dollars that we'll never repay. Here, you can eat for a day, but come back to me, vote for me again tomorrow, and I'll let you eat another day. Come mm. back to me and, and uh, you know, eat again the next day. You better vote for me again the next day. Mm. You have to teach the people to fish. And then they can feed themselves. And that also, by the way, gives us human dignity, gives us self-esteem, self-worth. We get, it's not something that you can be given. You have to work for it. Mm. So, so this whole proposition that, oh, we're worried about poverty. Listen, Obama couldn't fix the poverty. It got worse despite $9 trillion. So well, don't tell me, Democrats, that you're going to fix poverty or that you're even concerned about it. Because you're not. It's a lie that you use to confuse the people. Well, there's a point here I, I, we probably have to address probably more in the after show with only three minutes left of being on the radio. And that is uh, a lot of critics might say to you, Father, well, Father, what about the seamless garment theory? I mean, isn't, isn't the atrocity oh, I'm of... I'm glad you're asking these questions. <laughs> isn't the atrocity of racism equal to the atrocity of abortion? But I just want to remind our listeners, because we'll be conversating about this uh, further in the after show, about the five non-negotiables. You know, uh, yeah, the right exactly. to life from conception to natural death, mm-hmm. uh, that 
that we support traditional marriage between a man and a woman because it's natural law. Uh, yes. The uh, embryonic stem cell research is always intrinsically evil. Human cloning right. is always intrinsically evil. In vitro fertilization, always intrinsically evil. So we have these non-negotiables that I think that right. a lot of Catholics either deny or they just don't know better. Father, right. what say you with two and a half minutes on the clock? Right, sure. Intrinsic evils are always and everywhere evil. Listen, it's it's like the death penalty. So some kid was, you know, inspired by his parents to harp at Bishop uh, Lestecki when he was bishop here. and kept hammering, why doesn't the Catholic Church spend so much time on on uh, capital punishment as they do on abortion? Well, and finally, after the third time, I think Bishop got a little frustrated, but he said, listen, how many people have been executed in the United States since 1976 when it became legal again? And no, of course, nobody knows. Right now, it's a little over 1,500. 1,500 heinous, heinous criminals were executed throughout the United States in however many years that is, what, uh, 24, 20, and 44 years. In that same period of time, there's been roughly 60 million babies that have been uh, innocent babies murdered in the womb, right? So the intrinsic evils are always and everywhere wrong. Abortion is always and everywhere wrong. This racism. Are 10,000 black people being shot by uh, uh, police every weekend? No, that's not true. And so they're, they're using this. They play the race card to curry favor with people. And all it is is setting up victims groups. And and as I say with Michael Brown, uh, with uh, what's that guy's Tyrone? No, what was his name down in Zimmerman's guy? Anyway. Listen. The surest way Tyrone to Martin. not be yeah. thought racist yeah. is don't do don't behave badly. Yeah. Treat human beings as though they were made in the image and likeness of God. Yeah. Give and that's dignity to all human beings. Yeah. Yeah. We're just about out of time on the radio side, so pause that thought, Father. Then we're gonna okay. once that once we get through the end of the show, we sign off the Catholic Radio across the Guadalupe Radio Network. We are gonna stay on the after show on Facebook, Twitter, and on YouTube. So look for us there and be a part of the conversation. You can leave comments uh, or questions, and and we'll maybe we'll give a shout out to you and answer some of those questions for you. Do that at Facebook.com forward slash grn online father uh would you give us your priestly blessing before we go certainly the lord be with you and with and your spirit, spirit. through the intercession of saint tarsisius defender of the holy eucharist through the intercession of saint joseph foster father of the eucharist the intercession of our lady queen of heaven mother of the holy eucharist may almighty god bless you the father and the son and the holy spirit Amen. Amen. Praise be to Jesus Christ, Father James Altman. Thank you again for being on with us on the radio side. Don't go anywhere. Stay right there. We'll be back for the after show in just a moment. Uh, dear listener, thank you for being a part of the Guadalupe Radio Network. I know some of this is like, but but hold on, he didn't say this or he didn't answer that. We'll stick to the after show and maybe we'll get to some of that more. But this, we'll talk uh, more about the seamless garment theory. But I want to talk about church and state. Uh, do we have the right to speak our mind? Do we have the right to criticize politicians, to endorse politicians, or are we in grave danger? Uh, and I'm going to have Father Otman, a former attorney, uh, maybe address some of that as well, all coming up in the after show. But if you're in Birmingham, Alabama, I hope to see you this Thursday night at our Fishers of Men dinner. Damon Omen's going to be there. I'm going to be there. I hope you're going to be there. Go to grnonline.com for all the details. And don't forget to download our mobile app today. Search for the Guadalupe Radio Network. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to GRN Alive from the studios of the Guadalupe Radio Network. For more faith, fun, and facts, join our email list. Just text the letters GRN to the number 42828. That's GRN to the number 42828. And take Jesus wherever you go this week. 
This is Tim Staples of Catholic Answers. I'm excited to let you know that I also teach high school apologetics for homeschoolconnections.com, an online Catholic curriculum provider and a sponsor of this station. There are also recorded independent learning courses at homeschoolconnections.com. Whether you take apologetics with me, literature with Joseph Pierce, or philosophy with Bill Donahue, or any of the other 400-plus courses with homeschoolconnections.com, it's a great way to get Catholic learning for your family. Blessed be God, blessed be His holy name, blessed be Jesus Christ, true God and true man, blessed be the name of Jesus, blessed be His most sacred heart, blessed be His most precious blood. Blessed be Jesus in the most holy sacrament of the altar. Blessed be the Holy Spirit of Paraclete. Blessed be the Great Mother of God, Mary most holy. Blessed be her holy and immaculate conception. Blessed be her glorious assumption. Blessed be the name of Mary, Virgin and Mother. Blessed be Saint Joseph, her most chaste spouse. Blessed be God in his angels and in his saints. Amen.